0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.comslash B ball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: It's not another Buffalo podcast, the bi weekly show hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal. We're Pat, uh,
2: and people want to hate on him, but like Matt Ryan was a generational talent. Like,
1: say what you want. Oh, oh.
2: The biggest comeback in Super Bowl history away from being Super Bowl champion, Matt Ryan, too.
1: Brando, hey, Pat, would you say Drew Brees or Matt Ryan is generational?
3: Both. Both have MVPs. And John, Pat, I have a question right. for you. Is Cam Newton a generational talent?
2: I mean, yes, oh! yes, oh, yes. No!
1: It works no. Joe Flacco not. has a Super Joe Bowl Flacco. MVP. Look at the stats, dog. He look has a Super stats. Bowl look, MVP. Look, look at your, the stats. Your argument said that Matt Ryan went to a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco won
3: a Super Bowl, <laughs> and then people would like, Joe Flacco or a On Buffalo Rumblings. All right, welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. Here on a Tuesday with you guys, which is different for us. We usually record on Mondays. Last night was Halloween, though.
1: Trade deadline Tuesday.
3: Yes. So that worked out pretty well because had we taped this episode last night, you guys probably would have skipped right past it. So of course we have Dean Marlowe coming back for a seventh round pick from the Falcons and the big surpriser. I mean, not surprising for some people, I guess who called it, but, uh, Bill's acquired Naheem Hines for Zach Moss on a conditional sixth round pick in 2023. Um, so some big moves getting, I mean, I don't want to say big moves, but. This is significant for a Bills team that... I don't know. What's the last big move they've made at a trade deadline as buyers? Probably Calvin Benjamin, right? Calvin Benjamin, yeah. Was that the last time? So they're gearing up. Everyone else, it's been an arms race. We saw some other interesting moves around the league,
1: but... I still think this isn't their big move.
3: Yeah, I mean, Odell Beckham, I guess, would still be the big move, right? But this was exactly the
1: move that you pair with the OBJ... I think you send the contract out in Zach Moss and and like the whole league thinks you just need a running back for some reason, even though Singletary has been. I know you guys watch the game on Sunday night. He is like Brandon Bean, you don't need to replace me. James Cook's like Brandon Bean, you should use me more and not use draft capital on another running back. And, uh, but it's cool. You pair him with Dean Marlowe, who's great safety depth. He knows the system. He knows the guys. It's going to be like high school reunion for the secondary and the, uh, big move in the wings for Odell Beckham. But just to have the, uh, foresight, Brandon Bean, you know, insurance policy pass catching back. It's cool that, uh, you know, he thought about it and just to have, you know, that, that foresight to, to say maybe this guy from this team who had a, non-generational quarterback is coming to a generational quarterback. I don't know, Pat, uh, the man is on something, Pat. He knows what he's doing. Mr. Pat. I
2: I agree. It'll, It'll be exciting. Um, it's, it's really interesting too. I mean, I think this could be, this could be very interesting seeing like James Cook really pop off last week. And my dad of all people was like, this is the week, this is the week I'm putting him in the lineup. And somehow by the grace of God, he knew, but, um, (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, so it, it'll be really cool to kind of, I guess, see what comes of that. I, I maybe had suggested it. I don't know in the past, but do, do we <laughs> know. find out? Do we yes, know for yes. sure? Let's, I let's think, roll the clip here. Check.
3: We have a. All right, let's see. This was from this episode. This clip is from October twelfth of this year. a Couple okay, of weeks, three back. weeks ago. Yeah. So we were talking about the Christian McCaffrey rumors at that point, right? Some other things. I, so this is cool, too. There's another thing built into this. Anyway, basically, Pat Pat called Naheem Hines being traded to the Bills. He put it out there as a suggestion, and Brandon and I poo-pooed him for it because Naheem Hines <laughs> was coming off of a terrible game. And actually, you know, I don't even know if that was a terrible game. He had a bad game before that, and then he got concussed really early on when he was in the filling the in for game. Jonathan Taylor yeah. in the Broncos game. That terrible, terrible football game that we are all forced to watch. It was 9-12. to 12. Anyway, nobody was forcing us to watch it, I guess, but we're addicted. So anyway, I'm just going to roll the clip for you guys. This is from October 12th.
2: I mean, offer because I'm thinking there's a couple. There's a couple dudes you could even throw a fifth round pick at right now. I get like I think if you threw a fifth round pick for Kareem Hunt right now, maybe threw him into the mix, that might not be a bad they're move. They're not going to trade him though. Um,
1: you know, they don't. They're they're in these I games. They're, they're in their games. They're. Jacoby Brissett's I mean, playing well.
2: Trade, trade a fifth round pick maybe for Naheem Hines. I mean, I mean Naheem so Hines, you don't want dogs. him. I, there's, a, <laughs> no, so
3: no. there's a stat. Well, he's on also very, him. he's very concussed right now. There's a stat on, on Hines. Exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's like, exactly. <laughs> Buy low.
3: That's funny. Yeah.
2: Well, I just had flashbacks to the Colts game last year of like Jonathan Taylor, just running up and down the field. And then him being like, all right, Naeem go and do the same exact thing so I think that's more so was in my mind fresh but
3: But hey you were pretty close because obviously the trade compensation came back is Zach Moss and a conditional six but I believe that that sixth can become a fifth round pick depending on whatever incentives it might be if Naeem Hines is active on the game day roster for every game of the year or something like that
2: now how many years does he have left on his contract Two,
3: two right yeah, so right, pretty so low seller capital like next year less than five million on both years, I think. And Brennan, I believe
1: numbers. the dead cap goes to the Colts if he gets cut. So it's like 3.2 and 3.1 for the next two years, dead cap.
3: Okay. Not yeah, to be I negative
1: mean, again on this idea. <laughs> I think it's a good idea now. I mean, I how much is he gonna even play? We'll see. That
3: that's a good question because I I think that you know, some people were like okay, well, he's not better than Zach Moss, at least, or not, I'm sorry, not Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. It's not like he's going to replace him this year. Next year might be a different story. It might be James Cook and Naheem Hines as your two starting running backs. But it really is just, this is like a fantasy football bolster up the bench kind of move, you know? Always always replacing the bottom end of your roster. And if Zach Moss was not what you thought he was going to be, it's probably time to move on and and find somebody who can fill a role effectively and, add some stuff that maybe Zach Moss couldn't do. Not a great pass catching back, not a punt return or anything like that. So, <laughs> I mean, they, I have oh, oh, to say Zach did catch a touchdown
2: Cook? in his first career game. I will say that is but, true.
3: That is true, but not, not typically. No, sorry, I
1: thought you were talking about James
3: Cook. No, no, no. Zach Moss, Zach Moss. So gotcha. no, the book is still out on James Cook. And I mean, yeah. Naheem Hines, these two could be very similar players. Um, Yeah, it improved what you had. At least I think we can agree on that, that Naheem Hines brings more to the table than Zach Moss because I think everyone wanted to be Zach Moss to be this hard hitting third down, get one yard back, but he's never active on game day and didn't really show that he was super effective in that role anyway. You know, so the other part
1: that, that we haven't talked about yet, I mean, we're very focused on this year, but Singletary's contract is up. Exactly. If you you were to have Cook as your RB1 next year and Hines as your RB2, that's a nice one-two punch, I think, down the middle for this offense. And maybe you fill in with a veteran running back because Singletary makes a lot right now, or he's going to make a lot after his season. I could see him going to Jacksonville and
2: making like $16 million a year annually.
1: But (laughs) That'll be good. We got two more seasons of Hines, and, and maybe it'll open up for Cook. And they're different enough that they can all get involved.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, and we got Dean Marlowe coming back. Obviously we already now, mentioned that. Now, what that. do you think that says about Mr.
2: All-Pro-Po? Um, do you think that's just a depth piece? You know, maybe you're at the thrift store and you see a identical sweater that you have and you're just like, well, this one will be good if my my clean one gets dirty or like, I mean. <laughs> that's what? a good idea. I that's like a that. good
3: metaphor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, th- I think so. Um, still waiting for MRI results from Jordan Poyer. Uh, maybe we'll know more by the time this episode comes out.
1: The other one I like, Pat, uh, you ever bought underwear or socks because they're all dirty and you can yes. not want to do laundry? Yes, yeah. actually quite recently. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so uh, I, my excuse is I don't have laundry in my apartment. I got to take it out. So it's easier sometimes to buy a pack of socks or something. But yeah, anyways, carry on, Tom. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, do you so- think this means also a lack of confidence in Damar Hamlin or I mean? I don't think so at all. But again, I think it's like You know, if DeMar Hamlin and Jaquan Johnson are your starting safeties, you have to have competent depth behind them as well. You got to have two guys ready to go because you're always at risk of injury. You know, two guys could go down at any given time and you don't want to be screwed on the back end in today's NFL. So I think it's an insurance piece. I like it because he's experienced, been in this defense before. And I don't know, once we get Trey White back, Maybe we see Christian Benford do taking some reps at safety yeah. because, you know, now you've got
2: Dane Jackson. Benford. Sorry, Dane Jackson is quite nice. Da- He'll be our number two. Absolutely, do you- exactly. exactly. So, absolutely, yes, yes, Not absolutely. absolutely. Nah, Elam's no, Elon's gotten no, torched, I, dude, like three weeks in a row. And I feel like maybe he just needs to, I, you know what I mean? As someone that isn't the fastest learner with any aspect of his life, I think that he's green. He's got all the tools, but dude, they threw <laughs> it. They had to throw at this man like 20 times in the Steelers game. No, they he got burned. He got burned a couple times. In the Packers game, I'm not saying that he had a big pick, you know what I mean, in the in the Chiefs game, but he was also getting burned a lot. I'm not saying that players don't get burned. And part of being a defensive back is that you are going to get burned frequently because, you, you know what I mean, you're just in a position where all the power is in the hands of the receivers and the quarterbacks. But that being said, I would feel a thousand times more confident with Dane Jackson out there than Kyrie Elam, regardless see, of
1: size, regardless of speed. I, I don't disagree with you, but I think you're going to see all three of them anyways because most teams are going to have to throw the ball and play with Buffalo, which is something we didn't see green bay do but we saw it fail so i think that'll be interesting that you know we haven't really talked about the game at all but i'm going to tie that into this this question pat because matt lafleur thought his best chance of winning was to run the ball and keep it a 23 17 game and the bills were like well we'll still score on five of seven possessions or we'll we'll still put up almost 30 and you're not going to score 30 on us and you're not going to have enough time to do it. So I think other NFL teams are going to see that and be like, that was dumb. We have to try to score with these guys and they're going to go three wide receivers and throw the ball because we're, we're going to score on our opening drive. Like we do on nine of the last 12 games that we've played, but Elam and Jackson, these reps were so important, but I think, you know, three wide receiver sets you're going to play in the nickel or four wide receiver sets and Taron Johnson, can, we, can we talk about him, too? How good he's been? Stud. Just like maybe the best player on our defense all year. Well, he had a big tackle.
2: I mean, obviously, Von Miller sort of makes that play on fourth and one. But I mean, he is the guy who's credited with the tackle on that big fourth down stand in the third quarter. So I think like, you know, yeah. a big there, there's,
3: a, there's a lot of possible best players on this defense. Man, I would probably argue Matt Milano if it were me. I would. But I would as
2: well. I think they paid, Johnson, they paid the right
3: guy. Taron Johnson is absolutely a top five nickel corner in the NFL. And that's why they are it's probably one of the big reasons why they are in nickel most of the time, but it's definitely one of the things that, I mean, we already knew this. We we've, we've known this the whole year. We've known this last year, the year before that the bills are a nickel defense and it takes a lot to put them in a four, three where they bring that extra linebacker on and take Taron Johnson off because you know, the, the Packers were literally, I mean, their run pass splits, they were running the ball a majority of the time. Generally, the team's adjustment, if you need to stop the run and you're getting gashed for seven yards of carry, is to go to 4 or 3, and they never did because. What are they that's what do? they they're wanted gonna, us to do. They're going to run out the clock. And, you know, I think there was a lot of concern about the Bills run defense. Like, oh, here we go again. It's Jonathan Taylor from last year. But I think the Bills were like, go ahead, run the ball as much as you yeah. want. Every single time they handed it off for four or five yards of carry and they're burning 45 seconds off the clock per play. Yeah. Like, well, go I felt like the closer, it. I mean, the
2: shorter the field got also, the less effective they were running the ball. So, I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's a testament to the squad as well I think you know who I think made a huge difference in this game well obviously Von Miller you know what I mean he's you know whatever he's no sacks a, a but a still made an but, impact but Jordan Phillips yes and Mr. Tim Settle having yes. those space eaters you couldn't even say Starla Tula in the same breath as those two
3: IMO yeah. and Daquan Jones honestly do Jordan Phillips had oh my god
2: did you see that hit he had coming back upfield I'm trying to think who it was. It was Dobbs.
3: It was one of those receivers. I think it might've even been. What is it? Aaron uh, receiver, Jones. Or it might've been Aaron Jones. Yeah. Where he just lifts the shoulder up. Yes. <laughs> the little shoulder pump. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was great play. I like that replay. Yeah. So I, if we're, while we're talking about defense, I don't want to transition too hard here, but there's a lot of people. I, I saw people who have podcasts, credible podcasts on Twitter, calling out Tremaine, for how bad he was oh, playing, no, he had a, he had a couple bad angles. They paid the right guy. No,
2: quote can, me. Quote me. You, you paid the me right on guy he, all You want. quoted me on the right. Heimans.
1: Quote me. Quote me. Yeah, quote. Is he on the team next year?
3: I think these are these these are two very different conversations, right? Did Tremaine yeah. Edmonds have a good game? Will they pay him next year? Because there's you're, so many variables in right, whether they bring him back or not. You know, there's. I'm it's not, not saying not just, he had a bad he,
2: game. There's just there's just it always. And don't get me I, wrong. You know what I mean? If I. It, if I had the physical ability that Tremaine Edmonds had and I was putting my body on the line, I'd be pissed if some five foot eight, 155 pound dude was talking crap about my game. I get that exactly. But I mean, it's just like I watch the game sometimes and obviously maybe his speed is to the point where he doesn't always have to take the best angles. But there were a couple plays. Couple plays, dude. Like Aaron Jones catching a screen or, you know, some sort of swing pass takes a bad angle, goes from, you know, a four yard game to a first down. I'm not saying he's a bad player and he's done a lot better of a job this year, you know, being able to meet players at the line of scrimmage. I feel like he has a lot more support in defensive linemen holding their gaps. So he has more one-on-one opportunities. I think he's okay in pass coverage, but it, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Two, AJ two things Klein. On this. I'll, I'll Held say Travis this. Kelsey to less yards last year than Tremaine Edmonds did
3: in the playoffs. Closing point, but. All right. So I think that Tremaine is exactly what this Bills defense needs as far as his skills. I think that we can all say that he is not a Ray Lewis when it comes to run fits, when it comes to stuffing the run. But I also think that that type of linebacker in today's NFL gets burned over their head a lot. And Tremaine, while he does have some times where he's lost coverage and we remember those, like, You know, in the overtime game against Tampa Bay last year, we got burned by a running back. Um, We remember those very vividly. And that's a mismatch. And that's what teams are constantly trying to do is get a fast player on a linebacker or something like that. But if you see a lot of the All-22 from this past game, there are a lot of plays where Tremaine Edmonds is the almost interception by Matt Milano. Do you guys remember that play? Where Tremaine is covering a seam route like a straight-up vertical route from a pass-catching tight end, I think, or a wide receiver in the slot. And he runs 20 yards down the field without losing a step on his man, breaks up the pass without even looking back, and then that ball is tipped, and then Milano isn't able to intercept it. Um, but there's a lot of plays like that that you can't see from the broadcast angle. Yes. And that's why when you are looking at the broadcast angle, every single time Tremaine misses a run fit or something like that. Tremaine Edmonds had 16 tackles in that game. Yeah. 16. And there's, I just, I don't, I mean, you can say that he missed some stuff, but I, I don't think he had a bad game. And I think that he's, he's exactly what this defense needs. Yes. And if the quarterback of your defense was terrible, I don't think you'd have the number one defense in the league. And he's also surrounded by superstars, which makes him an easy target for criticism as well. Matt Milano, out of the linebacker rankings is probably higher. He is much higher, significantly higher that that he's like top five, but Tremaine was (sighs)
2: like top 25. I'm not saying, I, I mean, obviously the guys at PFF aren't the end all be all. And they're looking at a very, you know, whatever concise piece of football data that isn't necessarily relevant to the game itself. But
3: I think you would have a very hard time finding a replacement for Tremaine next year. That would play as well as Tremaine without paying more than you're paying Tremaine right now. Yes. I'll say that. I, I, So they can work out the contract details. I don't know what the cap's going to look like. I don't know what any of that negotiation is going to look like. I just think that you're going to have a hard time getting the production from that position that you get from Tremaine currently from somewhere else without just plugging in an all pro superstar. Like, yes, there are better linebackers in the league probably, but, you know, for what he's being paid right now, you know, how he fits into this defense I, I don't think you could do any better, honestly. No, I'm not. So. I,
2: I think that for what we're paying him on a rookie deal, you know, he's he's lived up to that. I'm just saying, in terms of already paying a guy, like I mean, just in terms of pure fiscal responsibility, I don't know if I see him back on the team. So the, the it, it depends about on what the contract looks
3: like for sure. The
2: cap's sure. going
1: up twenty five million dollars next year too. I mean, yeah, if he takes half of that, I'm cool with it. But I, from my point of view, I watched the game from the corner of the end zone. So they were driving towards us in the first half um, and watching the defense. So first of all, my first impression of anything I was walking back to the first half and I'm like, Tremaine Edmonds is having a game right now. I'm like, I wonder how many tackles he has because he is all over the field. He is sideline to sideline gap to gap to gap. And even if, their blocking scheme was the Packers had a really good blocking scheme. Their run game came prepared. And I know I remember watching cause you can see behind the, the line. Rogers is going away from us. They had a lot to work with when you think of space for a running back to run up the middle to the side. When, when Aaron Jones got the ball, he was going through a hole and it was not covered. They, the lineman pulled, pull, whatever pulled, pushed, chopped lots
3: of boxes. Yes.
1: uh, Yeah. And, and they were, he had a lot of field to work with and that game plan, like you said, the Packers want you to change out of that. They want Aaron Rodgers to have the space that he needs to operate. And that sets the linebackers at a disadvantage just to start the game, just the way that schematically they have the disadvantage. So Tremaine's going to have to take on an extra blocker almost every play. So the fact that he's taken on these blockers, one of them Milano or Edmonds and Milano played great too. Don't none of this Pat. I love Matt Milano. You, we paid the right guy. You know,
2: you know, he was my favorite Buffalo bill for a long time.
1: He (laughs) deserved the money. I love Matt Milano. Like he, he is just a stud on and off the field. He's jacked. He is so good. I'm glad he's going to be a bill for the next four seasons, but I talked to Tremaine Edmonds after the game. And every time I see this guy, it, he's massively huge individual. And I said to him, and I didn't know that there was hate until like the, today, because I was so tired. I wasn't looking at Twitter. I, I'm like, people are hating on Tremaine for this game. Oh, Larry, are you, this is a joke. Like, you didn't see this man play football because he McDermott said that their gap integrity was bad. It less leads to the disadvantage for the linebackers, but Tremaine battled and he, he was all over the field. If there's and like your point, John, if we have a Ray Lewis style or a, a Rokon Smith style or CJ Mosley style linebacker, the way the NFL is played now, you need a guy to defend the pass. We don't need run stuffers. We don't need blitzers. We don't need a Lorenzo Alexander. But blitzing. what is his
2: PFF? What is his PFF against the pass?
1: Oh, I don't care. I don't know. I didn't look at PFF. I'm just saying. Just for his size. And he's, he will cover space where quarterbacks won't throw the ball, whether or not Tremaine can make the play or not, just because he's big enough to take up the space on the field. It's like, Brandon, we don't have a teacher for kindergarten. You're extra. You're just going to go do it. Like, like we don't have anybody else. And you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to throw it to him. It doesn't matter if he can do it or not. You're just not. You're, he's just going to do
2: you're, it. You made it sound like he's just a guy off the bench. That was the That's last not guy. Good he put in but-, <laughs> but
1: like <laughs> the, the difference for for Edmonds in his speed, he's just massive. And I, I love the way he plays the game. He's the perfect type of leader for this defense because you have a run stopper in. Matt Milano, I've said it a thousand times on the show. Pair their contracts together, let them play together. I'm just saying Matt Milano is also one of the best linebackers against the pass in the NFL. So if he's a
2: run stopper, then he's also a coverage.
1: But Matt is all you all you want, man. He's all pro. Like he's all you want. And but he I mean, makes a granted, lot of plays because of Tremaine though. We have we cannot We cannot I, mean, granted Tremaine, that.
2: I I will say Tremaine has played a lot better now that he has a little bit of support. I mean, regardless if the gap integrity was bad, yesterday, quote unquote, like it was horrible last year. So I think he does yeah. benefit and he is playing better now that he has some competency in front of him with those, you know, four linemen doing their yeah. job. But I, I'm not here to hate on the man. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't necessarily know if I would be like, he's the best player on our defense, a or B he deserves to be resigned during this season or even, you know what I mean? Cause he's on his fifth year
3: option. Right. So I don't think anyone's saying this is best play, player on the defense, but also Pat, if you want to back your mic off just a couple inches, yeah. it's distorting quite a bit.
2: It's because I was angry. No, I'm kidding. Right, let's
1: see. <laughs> I, I just I love Tremaine. I really hope they pay him. They should give him the exact same deal as Milano. Keep him on the same contract through their whole careers. In but Buffalo. Milano
2: took a pay cut to be in Buffalo. Who's decision? So should Tremaine. Tremaine? Do that? Let them both play
1: together. I, like,
2: I mean, um, everyone loves Jordan Poyer, but we know from an inside family source that he would not take a pay cut. To stay with well the buffalo bills. that's
1: not true he negotiated in good faith the whole time and they gave him the the raise this year totally incentive based, though right? incentive based I, raise and and that's what, what i like, mean from yeah. that inside
2: source that we did speak with it did seem like he wouldn't not everyone's willing to take a pay cut
1: stay on the but buffalo bills of all the people tremaine's 24 he's played for five seasons he was a first round draft pick Jordan more Porter, reason to Jordan more right under, now I like I like Poyer. I will, he deserves a deal too, but I think if I mean, you I take Edmonds off.
2: I would rather pay Edmonds than Poyer just from a pure. We got horses in the stable, and this one's raced more races than this one. But you know, I I, I don't know.
3: <laughs> That's it's, a good discussion. It's, it's, it's
2: moot. It's moot because we have the players that we have right now, and they're going to be on the team for the remainder of the season. So there's no. What use, an elaborate I guess.
3: metaphor for this guy's older. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's got he's got 27 more career starts than this horse and uh he galloped his last one he's lame we can't even keep him on the track so um but
3: all right guys let's get a break in here really quick when we get back i got a uh, funny story about fantasy that Brent and i went through this weekend oh, and uh, we'll do some quotes yeah. with pat too so stick around
1: It's time for the weekly Sabres update. Guys, the Sabres are good. This has been your weekly Sabres update. Tate Thompson had a hat trick. Actually, he had six points. Jeff Skinner, 300th career goal. It's nuts. And I missed it. That's unfortunate, John. I know. That was unfortunate. In a decade, maybe.
3: Yeah. Well, at least the Sabres are so good. Remember when we had the Sabres curse where whenever I tuned into the game, they started losing. So apparently they're just so good this year that when I tune in, they play close games and, you know, most of the time still win. But when I don't watch, they'll put up eight goals. So, I mean, that's cool, I guess. First
1: time, waited so many years to see a hat trick in person, threw a hat on the ice in an NHL game. So that was fun.
3: Literally what? any goal scorer parlay that I could have thought of and put up probably would have hit in this game. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't need to tonight. I'm not, I'm not going to watch the game anyway. So
1: Oh, I had one for Darlene and the Sabres to go over four and a half. So that paid out. But Darlene's goal was a clunker. The goal, I should have saved it. It went five hole. It was lucky, but nice. great game. Emptiest building I've ever been in for a Sabres game. Uh, really? Halloween and kids. I yeah. forget about that. People would do that. So, but yeah. yeah, it was a great game. Go Sabres.
3: Nice. Nice. Now we had a fantasy has not been super exciting for me this year. I would be lying if I said any of my teams are doing particularly well, <laughs> you know, according to all the ESPN and, you know, the the analytics and stuff like that. I started the year with great teams that were projected to finish either first or second in all my leagues. And I go yeah, into the weekend uh, the usually projected to win. And uh, this year has just been nuts for fantasy. So obviously that hasn't been the case. Um, had a couple exciting matchups this past weekend though. And some very crazy implications going into Monday night football. Uh, so Brandon and I were going up against each other. I'm, I'm trying to think we were pretty tight. The players in play were you had Tyler Boyd and the Cincinnati tight end to Hayden Hurst. Mm-hmm. Right? And I had T Higgins. So gets to be late in the game and the Bengals are just sucking. So we're tied, neck and neck. I can't remember who had an, I think I was up by maybe a point at that it point. It was
1: 130 to 132 at one point.
3: Okay. You were so up. at at that point, you know, I'm like the Bengals are done. They're not even going to score a touchdown. Lo and behold, Joe Burrow throws a touchdown to Tyler Boyd. Just a crazy big time throw. Kind of thing. I'm like, oh, great. You know, so my win percentage goes down to 1%. And I'm up at
1: this point, 142.6 to 133.
3: And then (laughs) here comes Joe Burrow. And so, okay. So I need to, we all know. Put the the play in
1: before. Yeah, dude. I I I
3: need to talk about my other. So I had another matchup because Josh Allen threw two interceptions. I... Yeah, if, if Josh Allen wouldn't have thrown either of those interceptions, like would have just not thrown one of them, then I would have won this matchup too, which is disappointing. But anyway, so I go into this matchup. Only player in play is Evan McPherson, who's the kicker for the Cincinnati Bengals. I am down two, which means I need the kicker to get negative points in order to win, which is just a, like a stupid long shot. You miss one point per kick. So I'm down by like a point and a half, right? Evan McPherson goes in, misses his first field goal. I'm like, oh, there's a chance. Tyler Boyd scores that touchdown. Evan McPherson misses the extra point. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's actually going to happen. He's down two points. I'm up at this point by a half point. And so Tyler Boyd scores that touchdown. I'm like, oh, now I'm losing the matchup to Brandon, but I'm winning this one because Evan McPherson missed the extra point. Okay, fast forward. T. Higgins touchdown. T- or, sorry, Joe Burrow throws a touchdown to T. Higgins. And now all of a sudden I'm leading against Brandon again. Uh, after. You know, having the one percent win percentage. time. Out, no. time. There, was a time touchdown. Touchdown. there was a
1: pass right before the throw to T. Higgins. I want to say was T. Higgins on fourth down? Is it a fourth I think down that
3: play? Was, I think this was after the T. Higgins touchdown, right? I, I thought it was there it I might thought, have yeah, it was I right remember. before
1: because I was I was sitting here with Sam and I was like. He broke he that changed, up. He,
3: I think he targeted Hayden Hurst again, too. And that was an incomplete pass. So you yeah. could have won on either of those being completed. I needed anyway.
1: one completion. The defensive play on Tyler Boyd, though, was nice. The cornerback made a really nice play, knocked the ball down. And I was like, oh, that could be bad. I remember saying that out loud. And then boom.
3: T. Higgins touchdown happens. And uh, because of the yardage as well, I think that's what put me over the top. 53 so I yard up, touchdown, wait, right? On that touchdown, I end up Beating Brandon by about a quarter of a point, I think. It's one forty-two point six. what is, you, what six. is your uh,
2: record now, John?
3: Uh, which league are we talking? NABP. NABP. I think I'm still trailing Pat. Actually, mm-hmm. I was gonna say I in think this both league. you guys are.
1: Oh, I'm in last. Yeah. But the final score, John, for our game after that touchdown was one forty-two point six to one forty-three. So I lost by 0.4. This was a oh, huge. Yeah. I showed my students this. My seventh and eighth graders were heartbroken for me today. They were yeah. upset.
3: Yeah. yeah, that's a tough That's a tough way to lose. Yeah. And so anyway, I'm celebrating because I know I just won in Brandon's matchup and I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm winning in my other matchup by a half a point and there's no way they're going to trot out Evan McPherson. They're down by a million and their kickers missed two kicks. Why don't they just go for two? Because they're down by a lot. They need to just start making up some points. Lo and behold, they tried out Evan McPherson and he kicks this extra point and it almost hits the upright, but it stays in. And so I lose that matchup on that same <laughs> T Higgins touchdown. So it's like live by the sword, die by the sword. Yep. And, uh, but honestly, I'm glad it kind of broke that way because, and, in, uh, in Nate's league, my, my, my team's pretty stacked. So, you know, even at four and four, I feel pretty good about that team.
1: Yeah. It uh, doesn't feel as good as six and two, but <clears throat> <laughs> I think we're both at four and
2: four in Izzy's league. TBH.
3: Yeah, I got to see where Brandon's at. Talk about I'm six and two. Oh,
1: nice.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I was, yeah. I was, okay. I was confused because I, I didn't know if you were messing up your two and six team. In, no, uh, no.
1: NABP, NABP, I'm two and six. Yeah. And, I, and I've lost heartbreakers, and it's yeah. tough. It's tough. There's a, we're, we're I think you, you've,
3: you've scored a lot more points than everybody else who's two and six. Yeah. So at least you got that tiebreaker going. Yeah. Rumor has it that we're going to have to do something, you know, for the loser of the fantasy football league. But it seems kind of late to determine that. I said that. You that. Save us Mustache. Mustache. No. I'm not shaving my beard. What? It's
2: Brandon. Brandon, <laughs> it'll grow back. You have a great beard. It'll grow it back. took so long. <laughs> All right, Pat, we'll you see. got some quotes for us? I do. I do. All right. This one uh, is a pregame quote um, in the days leading up to a matchup from last week. It was just one of those moments where something needed to be said by somebody. And as the quarterback, as the leader of this team, I felt the liberty to do it because I hope people will listen. Because I need to hear it myself. So hopefully it translates. I think it will. I think it has to. Guys understand the urgency we play with and focus this week in preparation. So that's the mindset. I'll read it one more time. This guy is referencing um, an ass beating he took the week prior. Um, It was just one of those moments where something needed to be said by somebody. And as the quarterback, as the leader of this team, I felt the liberty to do that. I only do it because I hope people will listen. Because I need to hear it myself. So hopefully it translates. I think it will. I think it has to. Guys understand the urgency we need to play with and the focus with this week of preparation. So that's the mindset. Is this a Rogers quote? You would think.
3: All right, Brady. I feel like Brady's I heard my this. second guess. Brady.
2: I feel like um, um, this might be a quote that translated into success for the player last week.
1: I don't want to say... Embarrassed
2: the week before, but... Pulled out some It's not trickery. Jacoby
1: Brissett, is it? Or Nick Chubb? Brissett. Nice. Okay, I heard it. I leader. thought I heard it. I like Jacoby Brissett, man. I, I like him. He's, he's the perfect just, quarterback you know, for that team. He's, he's
2: one notch below Tanny. Uh, and how about those Titans 5-2, and two, boys? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Who, who said not to count out the Titans? But anyways, um, doesn't matter. Malik Willis can throw <laughs> the ball
3: 10 times and they'll still get dubs. Um, all right, on to the next one. I'm, st- I'm starting to think that Pat Pat doesn't even like the Titans. He just likes being proved right on that pedestal, like about the Titans. <laughs>
2: They're not yeah. bad. Like Mike Mike Rable Rable, could take- man. Mike Vrabel like, went- could have taken our high school football team, had them play in the AFC South and they would have won at least eight games. but <laughs> anyways, but all right, anyways, um next quote. We haven't had nearly the explosions that it takes in order to be a consistent scoring football team. It's been a lot of things, as you guys know. I think it's been a fight through seven games, and there's been a lot that has transpired. But I think that over the next two weeks, it's just us coming together and making sure that in the second half of the season, we go into that week and really try to maximize this group. You can't compare one year to the next, and I think it's dangerous to say, oh, you've regressed. Yeah, we've regressed, compared to what happened last season, but it's about this season for us.
1: Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Neither? Nope.
3: Okay, I'm going to go head coach of the Rams, Sean McVay.
1: No, but close. Matt Stafford?
2: No. He would say, my arm is a noodle. Stop ragging on me. I'm a Super Bowl champ, but... (laughs)
3: This isn't uh, a Cooper uh, Cup quote, is it?
2: No, Cooper Cup has nothing to complain about. He's literally just the most targeted dude ever.
1: But, uh, <laughs> let's see. You said after success from last year, so we're looking at... which success is relative in our eyes as Bills fans. Who'd the Rams play in the championship game? The Niners? Jimmy G? No, Jimmy G would... Kyle Shanahan?
2: Jimmy G would never have to be self-critical because he's he's just insanely handsome. Um, it's not Kirk. Uh, Matt, <laughs> Laf- Matt LaFleur? No, but it is a coach.
1: Okay. okay. NFC or AFC? NFC, coach? AFC.
2: Mm. He had a notoriously bad call last year.
1: Uh, uh, Brandon Staley? Brandon Staley.
2: Wish, regress! Brandon Staley! You don't even make the playoffs, man. Okay? <laughs> I like Justin Herbert. My dad's a Justin Herbert stan. But you know what? You know what? People said Josh Allen is dookie and he made the playoffs his second year, his <laughs> third year. He was on fire. So MVP don't give me pace. this. Oh, Justin Herbert isn't, he's not supported. Listen, he's got three studs. He's got Austin Eckler. Who's a stud. He's got an offensive line. That's making a lot of money. He's got Khalil Mack. He has the ghost of JC Jackson with a torn meniscus. So I'll give him that. But <laughs> I just, I don't want to hear it. Brandon Staley. What are you regressing from? What are you regressing from a third place finish in your conference? Or I'm sorry whatever your division, a third place finish in your division was success last year. Ah, What is is this, is this Dick Duran talking right now? But it's whatever. (laughs) So
3: that's hilarious.
2: A winner and a loser. So
3: we need to, uh, we need to put together a, like a little Pat rent montage, like just like all the great Pat rants. I feel like that was, that definitely made the top 10 list.
2: You can't regress if you weren't anywhere the year before. So
3: that's um, true.
1: But you that's can't true. go one step forward and two
2: steps back. We play them. So, I mean,
3: knock on wood, but. No, what'd you say, Brandon?
1: Said so you can't go anywhere forward if you're two steps back, knock you off a cliff or something, you know? That's
3: what is it? Isn't that George Strait
2: song? Two steps forward and one step back. How you go anywhere like that? But <laughs> anyway, <yeah.
3: laughs> God, I hope so. But. All right, you guys know where to find us on Twitter at NotBuffPodcast. Uh, make sure you check out the merch link in the bio as usual. We got some t shirts and stuff like that. Don't have anything else? We'll be back on Friday to do some game picks, make some bets, yada, yada, yada. And uh, yeah, you guys got anything else? Go, Bills. Go, Bills. Go, Bills.